You're listening to Tony Mark with The Art of Wellness on PeteRadio.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of uh, The Art of Wellness on PeteRadio.com. We're uh, in the studio today with a very special guest. His name is Brian Thomas. And Brian comes uh, to us with a long list of uh, uh, accolades behind him. Uh, he's been a, a veteran of the, the, the radio um, the radio field for over 45 years. Brian is a, a broadcast consultant. He's worked at, uh, at Chum Radio. Uh, Chum FM for over 45 years, as I said, and um, it's just an incredible um, joy to have him in studio with us. Brian also taught um, broadcast journalism at Seneca College, and uh, I've known Brian for quite a while, so I consider him also a friend, and he's here to uh, enlighten us on the, the type of things that he, he has done in the past and currently doing in order to keep himself in shape and stay healthy. So, Brian, welcome to the Art of Wellness and PeachRadio.com. Well, thank you. I really did all that. <laughs> How long have we known each other? I think it must be at least. It's been over 20 years, believe it or so, not. I think so, 20 years, yes. Yes, well, thank you. It's wonderful. I'm glad to be on your program. Brian, it, um, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, as I said, you, you've done so much in your life, and you've, you've been able to uh, accomplish uh, uh, more than most people. Your 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 background, and uh, I remember the first time meeting you and thinking, "This guy's voice." I, I recognize <laughs> the voice. You know, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Brian has done over ten thousand interviews in his life. So I'm sitting across the table from <laughs> from someone who who absolutely knows everything about broadcast journalism and and radio and even some television. Um, and I, I'd like to to soak in some of that from from Brian to to make sure that I'm doing things right. But uh, Brian, how do you find time to stay in shape with 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 being so busy in your life? Well, seriously, I must say not to just flatter you, but you were one of the main reasons I, I, I stayed in shape, simply because when I met you, I thought, well, you know, possibly I'll do this for a few months, and then it got better and better, and you encouraged me, and I think you, I think you need to have encouragement when, when you start a program like this. I think uh, uh, a lot of it comes from your own personal ambition, but I think a lot of it comes from the person that you're working with who gives you incentive, who gives you energy, who makes you want to come back. And other programs that I was involved with, with other gyms in the past— kind of fell apart because I kind of lost interest and the exercises I was doing weren't that thrilling to me and I was just, you know, making it such an effort to even get there. Well, I'm not like that when it comes to your gym and yourself and and uh, it's become just part of my life. It's something you have to do. You You have to just make time. You have to say to yourself, well, instead of going out to dinner tonight or doing this or doing that, I'm going to the gym. Or it's got to be on your agenda as something you want to do as opposed to something I have to do. It's a um, great answer because it, it, part of it is truth. And, you know, I, I find that meeting people and, 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 and helping them and talking to them about fitness, most people have pretty much just lied to them. 
You know, there we mm-hmm. have some great people in the industry, people who've excelled at what they what they've done. And I always find a constant in that you tell people the truth. And, you know, that wasn't anything different with you, you know, meeting you and part of it is getting your, your, your background to find out what you've done in the past and whether you, you were successful or whether it failed and then learning about that individual. So you're not writing a, um, a, a script and everybody has to follow it. I found that, you know, it, with you in particular, just listening to you and then giving you advice on what to do, that really worked. So, you know, it, it hearing you say that, um, thank you, but it's just telling people the truth. So with, you've been able to maintain this now for over 20 years Mm -hmm. and there has been uh, a consistency with it. You know, everybody has their ups and downs and so on. And whether it's a, you, you're really busy at one point and I didn't see you for a while, but then you made time for it after. Yes. uh, And I think that, I think that was really critical too, because that's kept me going this kind of after this break I had of about a year and a half, actually, where there were some uh, medical issues in my life and some other things that were occurring. So I just didn't get to the gym for about a year and a half. And that year and a half went by very, very quickly. So I, I didn't even really realize that it was about a year and a half. And then I was very concerned about getting back again because I thought, will I ever be able to recoup what I have now lost? And Will you even be able to help me the same way? Because I haven't been here for a year and a half. So where? how do we start this up again? And I think it's just been marvelous because you gave me a list of things to just forget about and not worry about this, this, and this, and this, which I was, and will concentrate on this, this, and this, and this. And as a result of that, that was actually uh, back last March. And here we are, these many months later, and I'm still going. And I'm still seeing you, and it's uh, been wonderful, and continues to be. It's uh, Brian. It, it, I wish I could take credit for that, but it's because you came back and you wanted to to get back in shape, and you know we spoke at length, um, and that's where you know I would like to help people, mm-hmm. and you know coming from someone like yourself. How, what was the mentality? You know, I called you and I got you back yes, to the gym yes. and I gave you some, some assistance. But what was that like, you know, when you, you thought about coming back? And because most people, they, they, they fall into this trap. Oh, I don't know if I can do it. Explain to people what you felt and what it was like coming back to the gym at that time. Well, I guess you, the word would actually be fear. It was great insecurity and fear that, first of all, everybody in the gym, if they're the same people after a year and a half, will be wanting to know where I was and what I was doing and how many times will I have to explain that. And what will be my energy level compared to when I left? The fact that um, there's been weight gain, so how am I going to handle that? And it's just sort of the more you think about that, the more it sort of just wears on you. And another day goes by and you don't go back. And then it's a week and then it's a month. And then you realize that since the last time Tony called, it was three months. And then when you called uh, another time, I just said, you've got to do something here. I've got to get back. And I can't allow this kind of fear or insecurity about going back affect my going back and getting healthy again. So that's what happened. I just decided I've got to put these feet together and walk out that door and come down and see you. 
which is what I did. And that was the hardest thing to do, I think. And once that ice has been broken and, you know, I'm back there and not so many people were looking at me and saying, you know, one person actually said to me, I haven't seen you for a couple of weeks. Well, yeah, it was a year and a half. <laughs> yeah. It, it, so, yeah. What, what, what I find um, interesting, and you've just nailed where nailed it where most people find the difficulty in because most people have started a program mm -hmm. and it hasn't been successful and for for us as a team because that's the only way that it can work it's you know i called you and, and you know and i got you back in there's a lot more to it than that when i you know it, it's just thinking about okay where you were in mm -hmm. your life at that point and and so on and the fear of coming back you are the perfect example of someone who, you know, there are so many people out there and I'd love, you know, a, again, you know, you just touched on it. But once you got back, you know, how did you feel uh, once you, you know, you had two weeks under your belt? Well, you feel that you could have done this or should have done this about a year earlier or six months earlier instead of letting it go by like this. I remember uh, the first day I was back, because I didn't even know for sure how you would be, you know, because here I have not been there for a year and a half. Where are we going to pick up? Is this going to be the same program or am I going to try and do those same things again? Or just where am I going to be in this? And I was on the treadmill at the time and you came up beside me and you said, how do you feel? And I thought, this is a different kind of how do you feel than just how do you feel? And I said, scared. And you said yes, and you understood. And I thought, oh, good. That's the first, you know, nervousness is out of the way that he understands that I'm scared. So therefore, I guess we're not going to run, you know, three miles today. <laughs> so I realized that there was understanding there. And I realized that uh, you were going to help. And then for sure, the next couple of days, it was again seeing people again who were saying, hi, how are you kind of thing. Yes, and I did need to explain a couple of times to old friends that uh, I'm just coming back. And they were very, very helpful. These are people who, at your gym in particular, are very concerned about health and very concerned about um, staying in shape and are not judgmental. And I think this is what That's we're afraid key. of, not being judged because, oh, you were away and you've put on weight and all of it. So that's a major a major accomplishment, I think, in, in that once that happened, I realized, well, you can just relax now and get with the program as opposed to coming here and feeling nervous. Perfect. Uh, Brian, we're going to take a short break on, on PeachRadio.com and we're going to come back and, and delve into uh, more of how you got here and, and moving forward with what you're planning to do in the future. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back on PeachRadio.com with Brian Thomas. You're listening to Peach Radio, streaming from the Peach Gallery in Toronto. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show, The Art of Wellness on PeachRadio.com. Our very special guest is Brian Thomas. And, um, you know, you've heard a little bit about uh, uh, what Brian has done in the past and, and um, how he has incorporated uh, wellness and fitness into his his lifestyle. What I wanted to to 
explain or, or help uh, 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 draw a picture of what Brian has done in in the past, because it, it's one of those intriguing stories in in Toronto that uh, this gentleman is a, is an icon in the, in the broadcast industry, and he's accomplished so much. And I'm always in awe of people who've uh, got to the top of their game and um, how they did it. And to me, right now is you know, how they're fitting in fitness and how they did it in the past. Uh, because I want to make sure that everyone realizes that that wellness and fitness can be incorporated in any lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And Brian has done that. And he's done it in, in at a very high level, uh, better than anybody else uh, I know. And I've known a lot of people in, in, the, in the broadcast industry. So, Brian, give us a little bit of, of history on on what you've done in, 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 you know, career wise mm-hmm. and, and how you, you got to where you were. Well, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> As much time to, to, to get the audience to realize that if they, if you can do it, they can do <laughs> yeah. it. Well, actually I wanted to be a broadcaster for a very long time. I think, uh, as early as probably eight or nine years old, I was attracted to the voices in the radio. And the music and everything else. And and I just wanted to be part of that. And it was very difficult when I was growing up to get any kind of encouragement or any kind of advice on how you would do that. Especially coming from a small town, it was all thought that, oh, you must have to go to university for a very long time. And then goodness knows how else you actually get into the business. And I found it wasn't quite like that. But I did find it was going to be an awful lot of work. So... I started uh, actually as a department store announcer for a big department store chain where I became sort of the 50-minute special guy. (laughs) (laughs) And I did that for quite a long time all through school. So when I was in high school, I actually had a car and uh, uh, I was able to afford things because I was working all the time uh, doing these uh, sales on the PA system. But I didn't want that just to end there. So I ended up uh, at a very young age applying for beginning positions in broadcasting uh, for a long time. I honestly, and I don't, um, I'm not afraid to say this now, but I'm honestly uh, was disappointed that my parents did not support that, that they didn't understand what that was. My father was more of a manual person who built things and wanted me to do all that sort of thing. So that wasn't for me. So anyway, to shorten what could be a very long story, I started in broadcasting at the age of 19 in Stratford, Ontario, the home of Lloyd Robertson and Justin Bieber. (laughs) And uh, yeah, and um, I was there for about three years, and then I went to Sarnia, and uh, then from Sarnia, I went to London, Ontario. I was there for a couple of years. And then the big break to Montreal. So Montreal Radio, which was a big rock station at the time, I was there for about two and a half years. And then I got the call, as they say, the call to come to 1050 Chum and Chum FM. So you you, you built a resume of how oh, many yeah. years before you got to about Chum? 10. Oh, okay. About 10. So when I came here... Um, This is what we call the Big Apple. This is the big time in terms of um, uh, your ability to practice your craft 
and your ability to stay. And, and frankly, in those days, you're lucky if you were a chum for longer than two or three years or any major station because the movement was that great. Uh, they frankly, and we can say this now, can get very tired of you very quickly. And so you're sort of plugged in and plugged out to the next one and like that. But I ended up being there and going into management in, in news, became manager of news operations and news director for 32 years. So it was, it was just amazing. So I have had and continue to have a wonderful career. Then I went into teaching um, after I left Chum in 2004 and then taught broadcast journalism at Seneca College for for 10 years, and now I'm a consultant, and I'm sitting here making all this money. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it, it um, you know, Brian has summarized what he's done in, in a very short period of time, but uh, if you, it doesn't matter where you're listening to this broadcast from, uh, in, in, in the city of Toronto, Chum was the station, and still is, uh, the the station that everyone um, that everyone listened to in the in the heyday of radio, mm-hmm. this was mm-hmm. the big time, and you were able to to get to the top of your game. Now, Brian, in 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 during that time, and you you became a a, a, a news uh, um, broadcaster, um, and you interviewed uh, quite a bit of people over yeah, the years. Yeah. Who were some of your favorite interviews? Uh, you know, I wish that I still had tape on some of those. And when you're doing stuff that I tell young people going into the business today, you never know, you know, when you might want to hear this again. So you should really try to keep it. I was sent over in Stratford to uh, do an interview with this guy who played a trumpet and, and wasn't one of my artists because I was into the Beatles and everything else. Anyway, um, he was appearing there and... My God, it was Louis Armstrong. Oh, my goodness. And I don't have that. And then later, Guy Lombardo. I don't have him either. Now, people say, Guy Lombardo, how corny. Well, it isn't corny. It was Guy Lombardo, you know, Uh, old Lang Syne and all that. And then after that, um, I guess if I had to pick out some of the thousands of interviews from the thousands of interviews of people that I think were most memorable, uh, probably Jimmy Carter, president of the United States at the time. Uh, I did a very brief interview with Paul McCartney. Um, Sir John Gilgood was absolutely fantastic. Oh, that must have been very interesting. Yeah, yeah it was absolutely wonderful interview. And Brian, on uh, many occasions, not on many, but on a couple of occasions, you met the Queen. I actually was one of the few people uh, invited to board the Royal Yacht Britannia on its last voyage here before they ended up just uh, not scrapping the ship, but they didn't use it anymore. So here I am, uh, and we're waiting all day to get onto the ship because of all the security stuff, and we're in this holding tank on the harbor front. And um, we eventually get lined up to go aboard, and I'm walking up these stairs uh, on the ship along with the news director of Channel 11 in Hamilton, actually, and a bunch of us sort of got together after waiting pretty well all day. We had to arrive there at 12 noon to board at 4.30. And then at the top of the stairs, because they don't tell you any of this stuff, they just want you to be, you know, enjoy the moment. And they give you, I must say, they give you strong drinks. <laughs> <laughs> they do. And there's all these people in this gold braid running around giving you drinks. Have another drink. You know, and so we're walking to the top. 
And I see this guy at the top of the stairs, and he's quite tall, and it's Prince Philip. So I outstretch my hand to shake hands with Prince Philip. And he says, maybe you want to meet my wife. <laughs> because we're all, you know, having drinks. And, you know, and that standing beside him is this little person called the Queen. <laughs> and so I said, oh, my, I didn't know what to say. I just said, oh, I'm sorry, your majesty. And she says, okay, it happens all the time. And it was something like that. So later, we're all mingling around. Everybody gets on. And so there's more drinks. And... Um, I see the queen talking with people, and I see a couple of people around her uh, who swivel with her now and again when she's about to change talking partners. And then this lady moves toward me and uh, the um, news director of Channel 11 and says, do you want to talk to the queen next? I say yes, but this guy I'm with just becomes petrified and says, oh, no, 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 we can't. I said, yes, we can, John. It's the first and only time in our whole life we're going to speak to the queen. <laughs> so we both turn uh, as this woman turns, and the queen then is standing right in front of us, and we have her to ourself right there, and she's holding onto this glass of gin, but it might have been water, but she holds the glass with two hands so that you can't shake hands with her or touch her, so she is doing that. I'll tell you, it's a wild thing has run through your mind when you're standing there with the queen and you know very well that the slightest little thing you do, you could be world famous. <laughs> so I ask her about how she's enjoying the trip and she says it's very nice and I can recall every word because we had two minutes only, but we didn't know that. So she says, um, uh, they just keep us very busy. And I said, yes, because the last time you were here, I think you had more time because you came in by a train or something. And she says, no, Mr. Thomas, I came in by plane. And then I said, oh, but I'm sure you came in by, <laughs> that I'm realizing so you're arguing you with the queen. The queen. <laughs> <laughs> then she just looked at me and says, no, we came in by. And by so, the way, she has a, a, a very good memory. So I don't think you should, even today, she has a very good memory. That, yes, I know. And I think, I just don't recall that. But however, I shouldn't be arguing with Her Majesty. So then all of a sudden, without any warning at all, uh, not because of that, but because I guess yeah, the time two minutes was up, was up. Yeah. She just then turns away from you with no goodbye, nice to meet you or anything, because they just don't do that. So she turns and she's talking to another group. So John... Uh, the fellow that uh, was standing beside me and myself were just petrified. We just stood there saying, my goodness, we, we actually talked with the queen. And we could have asked so many other things like, why don't we ask something about Charles and Diana <laughs> or something, you know? But I think she's prepared for almost any question that you're going to yeah, give absolutely. her because there's nobody there. Now, I, I didn't realize until later when I asked some questions that the two ladies with her were armed. Oh, you're kidding yeah. me. And they looked like they were just sort of AIDS, but they were carrying purses and there were guns in those purses. <laughs> At least so that's what may, they told me. <laughs> maybe, maybe the wrong question may, may have gotten you in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Either that or even stiffer drinks. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's stuff like that and, and uh, you've had such a great career and what an intriguing story. That was you a know, highlight. It, it's, yeah. um, but you, you've, uh, you've fascinated me over the, the, the few years since I've known you 
that uh, you don't think that, you know, that was a highlight, but you have so many other uh, um experiences that I, I just found myself, you know, drawn to and, and I love listening to people. So your experiences, you know, th th those are all highlights to me. It's, uh, that was one of many that I've heard over yeah, the years and yeah. I'm glad you shared it with everyone. Actually, I came back and we did a, a basic rundown of my trip to the Royal Yacht Britannia at a time when Chum FM was emerging from being an album-oriented but almost underground station from years by. And the last thing that anybody does on Chum FM is to talk at length about the Queen. It's just absolutely not the kind of station it was. But they wanted me to because it was such a unique thing. We're going to take another break on PeachRadio.com with the Art of Wellness um, with Brian Thomas, and we'll wrap it up and find out what uh, what Brian is uh, is moving forward with when it comes to health and wellness. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Talk to you in a minute. You're listening to Peach Radio, streaming from the Peach Gallery in Toronto. Welcome back to the uh, Art of Wellness on PeachRadio.com. And once again, our guest, Brian Thomas. We're going to talk to Brian a little bit more about his his wellness and fitness routine again just to tie everything together um, Brian has explained to us for what he did over the last uh, uh, few years and how we we um, uh, how we got into into fitness and and what he was doing now Brian looking forward uh, can you see this uh, as part of uh, a well-maintained lifestyle uh, in, in, in with your fitness routine, continuing to do this uh, the way that you have in the past? I think, you know, I've committed myself to it so that it must be part of my, my regular routine now. I don't want, uh, since I don't know I, if I mentioned before, since I quit smoking five years ago, there's weight gain and there's all kinds of other ways that you can make up for not smoking by eating different things that please you. And I think now that uh, since I've got back with you and you've given me this encouragement and I'm working with this program that um, I want to stay with this. It's very important in terms of my health as I get older. And I, I see it now as part of something I must be doing all the time like anything else I'm doing. It can't be just if you have time, it's got to be you're making time. And so I do. And that's what we call a lifestyle change. And you've incorporated over the, the, the 20 years I've known you. Now it's part of your lifestyle. And moving forward, you can't live without it. You know, that's what uh, eventually I want everybody to gain uh, from a, a regular routine. And it's not just, you know, coming into the gym. As you know, part of it is also you mentioned that you quit smoking, but it's it's also eating properly and, and mm -hmm. making sure that you do all those things. Have you put things in place to make sure that, you know, that's part of your, your, your future uh, uh, workout and lifestyle uh, changes? Absolutely. And I tell you another thing, Tony, that I noticed that if I haven't come in for a couple of days, there's a mental thing going on there, too, where you just don't feel you've done something that you should have done. And I don't want that feeling of having been away for longer than I should have been and then trying to get back again. So I don't want to go through that scary thing I told you about when I was away for a year and a half. So I don't want that to happen. I want to continue with what we're, I'm learning from you. And um, I want to feel good that I have actually been there. 
So it's not just the exercising, as you well know. It's when you leave that place and you've taken your shower and you go home, you feel good that you did that. And that's what makes me come back again because I want to feel good that I did it. It's uh, it's so interesting that you brought that up because that is part of what we do. It, it's, you know, we think about it as mainly physical, but it's both mental and physical. You know, it, it's, you, you do the physical part and what it does, you release a lot of endorphins when you work out. And in oh, yeah, turn, yeah. that makes you feel better. Yeah. And it, I think most people, uh, they don't understand that part of it. How how do you feel better working out? It's so painful. Well, if you're guided properly and you do the things correctly and so on, there is a roadmap that you can take to make it successful. And what you've done is taken that roadmap and now you're 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 encouraged by how you feel at the end of it all. You know, working out is never, you know, as I said before in one of my previous shows, I enjoy it. But it's the way that, that you know, most people don't enjoy it. It's the way that you feel afterwards that I think people are interested in, but they don't get there because they don't give the, themselves enough time. So you're experiencing both the physical and mm-hmm. the mental part of it. And um, that's something that I'd like most people to get out of it. So, you know, for, for you, uh, that mental part seems to be very important also. Of course, added to that, you look in the mirror after a few months and you see the changes and you see the things that you wanted to see. So that's all that's all part of wanting to make you continue to stay with your routine and, and keep going back. You know, I think I, I think uh, anyone who is getting into a fitness program, I think uh, I would hope they would have a trainer or somebody to inspire them like you, because I, I think we need that at the beginning to keep us going. And I think after that, you've just got to say to yourself, you know, just like eating or going to a restaurant or going to a pub or whatever else you do, I'm going to the gym as part of the routine that I have every single week or every other day or whatever. I, I try and, 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 and help people in, in many different ways. And part of it is, is making it as easier, as easy as possible. And when, when you, it's like most things, if you're going to go to a meeting, that meeting is scheduled. If you want to work out and make sure it's consistent, you have to make it and book it into your schedule. Otherwise, it'll never happen. Mm-hmm. You mentioned mm-hmm. earlier that, you know, a week turns into a month, a month turns into a year and a half. And that's very easy. And I think most people have experienced that. And you have to make sure, you know, so like yourself, putting it into your schedule is, is the first thing. And mm-hmm. it helps you become, you know, more regular with your, your routine. And the ultimate uh, reward is having that lifestyle change where now at the end, you're healthier, you feel better, yeah. you look better. You know, um, we haven't mentioned that, but vanity is part of it. Oh, we yeah. all we all yeah. want to look better, yeah. but I want to make sure that you're, you're feeling good at the mm-hmm. same time. It's not just the outside, but also the the inside. Yeah, I think um, also another thing that comes along that you just sort of have to control, you've got to sort of fight, is when you're just starting in, it's very easy to get distracted. It's very easy to have a friend call you up an hour before you're supposed to go to the gym to say you want to go out and have a couple of drinks tonight, or would you like to go out for dinner? It's so easy to say, yeah, that'll be fun, then I won't have to go to the gym. Well, you got to stop and think, what you just said, then I won't have to go to the gym. You have to want to go to the gym because it's good for you, because it makes you feel good. So you have to sort of fight off these distractions that occur now and again to give you something else to do instead of going. And I think sometimes, you know, we have this little devil on our shoulder that just says, do that, do that. You won't have to go to the gym tonight. You can go out and have a few beers. 
And you got to say, no, I'm going to do that tomorrow night because it's an off gym night or whatever. But I'm not doing it tonight because this is the night I go to the gym or the afternoon or the morning, whatever. It's um, that's such a great point. The um, finding what makes us tick. And, 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 and finding little things to put in place to, to make sure. A lot of it is discipline. We know that. Mm-hmm. Most people aren't disciplined. But if you just find your little things that will make it work, you know, it reward yourself if you do this. Uh, you know, it tends to, to work. If you're, if you're, you know that you're going to go out to a pub, you mentioned a pub, you're going to have a, a, a few beers. Listen, I'm, I do not have anything against that. You have to balance life. You have to make sure that you're enjoying yourself. Mm-hmm. It can't be just about the gym, but you have to make sure, you know, if you're going to give a little bit, you got to take a little bit. If you're going to take a little bit, you got to give a little mm-hmm. bit. And that's the whole thing with this, this lifestyle change, this wellness umbrella that I talk about. It's, you have to have fun and you, but you have to make sure you're thinking about your health also. You can't just do one and not the other. Health is the number one thing, uh, as we, especially as we get older, that we think about. Because without our health, we have absolutely nothing. So if you're going to go and enjoy yourself, you have to make sure you make the time in order to take care of your internal your your internal um, self mm-hmm. not just your your external self so and you can make fitness fun it doesn't have to be a grind it doesn't have to be something you dread coming into that's something i have to to do like taking medicine um and that's one you know i must say this to you since you're just sitting here and this is your show but uh you have made it fun you know um it's not at all, I think, what I thought 20 years ago when I first met you, that this is going to be sort of like, you know, you're going to be this disciplinarian and there's going to be a whip. <laughs> this is, in for, fact, for some For some people, there has to be a whip. And that, that's what I try to do. I take it as, a, you know, in, in an individual basis. But fitness in, in the end should be fun. Yeah. It, it yeah. really, you should be able to incorporate it. Uh, uh, you know, at the beginning, it's, it's harder than like most things when you're learning it. But if you make it fun for most people, I think then you can, you can say on a daily basis uh, or a few times a week that, you know what, it's not that hard. Yeah. And I can find a time to, to make it. If you, Absolutely. if you make yeah. it where you're, you're being bullied into it every day and it's something that you're, you're, you're hating or loathing to, you know, uh, the thought of it it just you won't do it so you have to and and i don't want anybody or everyone to think that you have to have a trainer you have you have to have right the proper guidance and you may want to get you know just like if i'm going to take my car to the shop i'm going to go to a a, a mechanic if i'm going to go if there's something wrong with me i'm going to go to a doctor you have to make sure you have the proper guidance when it comes to training and so on you don't have to have a trainer every day with you but having Mm -hmm. the right guidance at the beginning i think it's key because then you can they can put you on the right path and and you know you you've you've been able to sustain you know uh, uh, working out and and with the the right guidance and so on but it has to be fun you have to have the right guidance and it has to be you have to have some discipline on your part to to make it long term and, and and part of your regular lifestyle right and then when that's happening you become more and more motivated on your own to actually come there whether there's somebody to guide you or train you at all it's it's just something that uh, you've learned to accept as being part of what you're doing in life now to make you happier and healthier and happier is an important thing to mention healthier is important too but i think you are happier when you are doing something and you know you're doing something for yourself 
Absolutely. And I, I always say uh, that it, it, taking care of your health is the only uh, uh, the, the, the only thing that you should be selfish about because you cannot pay someone else to do it for you. You have to do it. So there has to be some part of you where you say, you know what, I, I know I'm being selfish, but it's OK in this instance because I am doing it because if you don't work out, if you don't get in shape, if you don't stay in shape, no one else can do it for you. So you should be a little bit selfish when it comes to taking care of your own body. Oh, I totally agree with that. Yeah. And Brian, on that happy note, um, we're going to wrap up this uh, the session on the art of wellness on peachradio.com. And I really want to thank you for being my thank guest you. Thank uh, you. It was today. Wonderful. It was an incredible experience being with someone that uh, has had so much experience in this field and sitting across from you. It's uh, It's been a pleasure. So thank you well, very thank much. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the art of wellness on peachradio.com. And we will We'll talk to you soon.